part seven the doge and dogist section three of weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bealby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part seven the doge and dogist section three leaning her sharp chin on her staff and riveting her eyes in a set stare upon the ground the old woman began to speak in a reserved but hollow voice tell me my child have you no recollection at all of any former time of what you did or where you were before you found yourself here a poor wretch hardly able to keep body and soul together with a deep sigh antonio took his seat beside the old crone and then began alas mother only too well do i know that i was born of parents living in the most prosperous circumstances but who they were and how i came to leave them of this i have not the slightest notion nor could i have i remember very well a tall handsome man who often took me in his arms and smothered me with kisses and put sweets in my mouth and i can also in the same way call to mind a pleasant and pretty lady who used to dress and undress me and placed me in a soft little bed every night and who in fact was very kind to me in every way they used to talk to me in a foreign sonorous language and i also stammered several words of the same tongue after them whilst i was an oarsman my jealous rivals used to say i must be of german origin from the colour of my hair and eyes and from my general build and this i believe myself for the language which that man spoke he must have been my father was german but the most vivid recollection which i have of that time is that of one terrible night when i was awakened out of deep sleep by a fearful scream of distress people were running about the house doors were being opened and banged too i grew terribly frightened and began to cry loudly then the lady who used to dress me and take care of me burst into the room snatched me out of bed stopped my mouth enveloped me in shawls and ran off with me from that moment i can remember nothing more until i found myself again in a splendid house situated in a most charming district then there rises up the image of a man whom i called father a majestic man of noble but benevolent appearance like all the rest in the house he spoke italian for several weeks i had not seen my father when one day several ugly-looking strangers came and kicked up a great deal of noise in the house rummaging about and turning out everything when they saw me they asked who i was and what i was doing there don't you know i'm antonio and belong to the house i replied but they laughed in my face and tore off all my fine clothes and turned me out of doors threatening to have me whipped if i dared to show myself again i ran away screaming and crying i had not gone a hundred yards from the house when i met an old man whom i recognized as being one of my foster-father's servants come along antonio he said taking hold of my hand come along my poor boy that house is now closed to us both for ever we must both look out and see how we can earn a crust of bread the old man brought me along with him here he was not so poor as he seemed to be from his mean clothing directly we arrived i saw him rip up his jerkin and produce a bag of sequins and he spent the whole day running about on the rialto now acting as broker now dealing on his own account 
i had always to be close at his heels and whenever he had made a bargain he had a habit of begging a trifle for the little boy every one whom i looked boldly in the face was glad to pull out a few pence which the old man pocketed with infinite satisfaction affirming as he stroked my cheeks that he was saving it up to buy me a new jerkin i was very comfortable with the old man whom the people called old father blue nose though for what reason i don't know but this life did not last long you will remember that terrible time old woman when one day the earth began to tremble and towers and palaces were shaken to their very foundations and began to reel and totter and the bells to ring as if tolled by the arms of invisible giants hardly seven years have passed since that day fortunately i escaped along with my old man out of the house before it fell in with a crash behind us there was no business doing everybody on the rialto seemed stunned and everything lifeless but this dreadful event was only the precursor of another approaching monster which soon breathed out its poisonous breath over the town and the surrounding country it was known that the pestilence which had first made its way from the levant into sicily was committing havoc in tuscany as yet venice had been spared one day old father blue-nose was dealing with an armenian on the rialto they were agreed over their bargain and warmly shook hands father blue-nose had sold the armenian certain good wares at a very low price and now asked for the usual trifle for the little boy the stranger a big stalwart man with a thick curly beard i can see him now bent a kind look upon me and then kissed me pressing a few sequins into my hand which i hastily pocketed we took a gondola to st mark's on the way the old man asked me for the sequins but for some reason or other i don't know what induced me to do it i maintained that i must keep them myself since the armenian had wished me to do so the old man got angry but whilst he was quarrelling with me i noticed a disagreeable dirty yellow colour spreading over his face and that he was mixing up all sorts of incoherent nonsense in his talk when we reached the square he reeled about like a drunken man until he fell to the ground in front of the ducal palace dead with a loud wail i threw myself upon the corpse the people came running round us but as soon as the dreaded cry the pestilence the pestilence was heard they scattered and flew apart in terror at the same moment i was seized by a dull numbing pain and my senses left me when i awoke i found i was in a spacious room lying on a plain mattress and covered with a blanket round about me there were fully twenty or thirty other pale ghastly forms lying on similar mattresses as i learned later certain compassionate monks who happened to be just coming out of st mark's had on finding signs of life in me put me in a gondola and got me taken over to judecca into the monastery of san giorgio maggiore where the benedictines had established a hospital how can i describe to you old woman this moment of reawakening the violence of the plague had completely robbed me of all recollections of the past just as if the spark of life had been suddenly dropped into a lifeless statue i had but a momentary kind of existence so to speak linked on to nothing you may imagine what trouble what distress this life occasioned me in which my consciousness seemed to swim in empty space without an anchorage 
all that the monks could tell me was that i had been found beside father blue nose whose son i was generally accounted to be gradually and slowly i gathered my thoughts together and tried to reflect upon my previous life but what i have told you old dame is all that i can remember of it and that consists only of certain individual disconnected pictures oh this miserable being alone in the world i can't be gay and happy no matter what may happen tonino my dear tonino said the old woman be contented with what the present moment gives you say no more old woman say no more interrupted antonio there is still something else which embitters my life following me about incessantly everywhere i know it will be the utter ruin of me in the end an unspeakable longing a consuming aspiration for something i can neither say nor even conceive what it is has taken complete possession of my heart and mind since i awoke to renewed life in the hospital whilst i was still poor and wretched and threw myself down at night on my hard couch weary and worn out by the hard heavy labour of the day a dream used to come to me and fanning my hot brow with balmy rustling breezes shed about my heart all the inexpressible bliss of some single happy moment in which the eternal power had been pleased to grant me in thought a glimpse of the delights of heaven and the memory of which was treasured up in the recesses of my soul i now rest on soft cushions and no labour consumes my strength but if i awaken out of a dream or if in my waking hours the recollection of that great moment returns to my mind i feel that the lonely wretched existence i lead is just as much an oppressive burden now as it was then and that it is vain for me to try and shake it off all my thinking and all my inquiries are fruitless i cannot fathom what this glorious thing is which formerly happened in my life its mysterious and alas to me unintelligible echo as it were fills me with such great happiness but will not this happiness pass over into the most agonizing pain and torture me to death when i am obliged to acknowledge that all my hope of ever finding that unknown eden again nay that even the courage to search for it is lost can there indeed remain traces of that which has vanished without leaving any sign behind it antonio ceased speaking and a deep and painful sigh escaped his breast during his narrative the old crone had behaved like one who sympathized fully with his trouble and felt all that he felt and like a mirror reflected every movement and gesture which the pain wrung from him tonino she now began in a tearful voice my dear tonino do you mean to tell me that you let your courage sink because the remembrance of some glorious moment in your life has perished out of your mind you foolish child you foolish child listen to me <laughs> the old woman began to chuckle and laugh in her usual disagreeable way and to hop about on the marble floor some people came she cowered down in her accustomed posture they threw her alms antonio lead me away antonio away to the sea she croaked almost involuntarily he could not explain how it came about he took her by the arm and led her slowly across st mark's square on the way the old woman muttered softly and solemnly antonio do you see these dark stains of blood here on the ground yes blood much blood 
much blood everywhere but hi <laughs> roses will spring up out of the blood beautiful red roses for a wreath for you for your sweetheart o oh, good lord of all what lovely angel of light is this who is coming to meet you with such grace and such a bright starry smile her lily-white arms are stretched out to embrace you o oh, antonio you lucky lucky lad bear yourself bravely bear yourself bravely and at the sweet hour of sunset you may pluck myrtle leaves myrtle leaves for the bride for the maiden widow hi <laughs> myrtle leaves plucked at the hour of sunset but these will not be blossoms until midnight do you hear the whisperings of the night winds the longing moaning swell of the sea row away bravely my bold oarsman row away bravely antonio's heart was deeply thrilled with awe as he listened to the old crone's wonderful words which she mumbled to herself in a very peculiar and extraordinary way mingled with an incessant chuckling they came to the pillar which bears the lion of the adriatic the old woman was going on right past it still muttering to herself but antonio feeling very uncomfortable at the old crone's behaviour and being moreover stared at in astonishment by the passers-by stopped and said roughly here sit you down on these steps old woman and have done with your talk it will drive me mad it is a fact that you saw my sequins in the fiery images in the clouds but for that very reason what do you mean by prating about angels of light bride maiden widow roses and myrtle leaves do you want to make a fool of me you fearful woman till some insane attempt hurries me to destruction you shall have a new hood bread sequins all that you want but leave me alone and he was about to make off hastily but the old woman caught him by the mantle and cried in a shrill piercing voice tonino my tonino do take a good look at me for once or else i must go to the very edge of the square yonder and in despair throw myself over into the sea in order to avoid attracting more eyes upon him than he was already doing antonio actually stood still tonino went on the old woman sit down here beside me my heart is bursting i must tell you oh do sit down here beside me antonio sat down on the steps but so as to turn his back upon her and he took out his account book whose white pages bore witness to the zeal with which he did business on the rialto the old woman now whispered very low tonino when you look upon my shrivelled features does there not dawn upon your mind the slightest faintest recollection of having known me formerly a long long time ago i have already told you old woman replied antonio in the same low tones and without turning round i have already told you that i feel drawn towards you in a way that i can't explain to myself but i don't attribute it to your ugly shrivelled face nay when i look at your strange black glittering eyes and sharp nose at your blue lips and long chin and bristly grey hair and when i hear your abominable chuckling and laughing and your confused talk i rather turn away from you with disgust and am even inclined to believe that you possess some execrable power for attracting me to you oh god 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 whined the old dame a prey to unspeakable pain what fiendish spirit of darkness has put such fearful thoughts into your head oh tonino my darling tonino 
the woman who took such tender loving care of you when a child and who saved your life from the most threatening danger on that awful night it was i in the first moments of startled surprise antonio turned round as if shot but then he fixed his eyes upon the old woman's hideous face and cried angrily so that is the way you think you are going to befool me you abominable insane old crone the first recollections which i have retained of my childhood are fresh and lively that kind and pretty lady who tended me oh i can see her plainly now she had a full bright face with some colour in it eyes gently smiling beautiful dark brown hair dainty hands she could hardly be thirty years old and you you an old woman of ninety oh all ye saints of heaven interrupted the old dame sobbing all ye blessed ones what shall i do to make my tonino believe in me his faithful margaret margaret murmured antonio margaret that name falls upon my ears like music heard a long long time ago and for a long long time forgotten but no it is impossible impossible then the old dame went on more calmly dropping her eyes and scribbling as it were with her staff on the ground you are right the tall handsome man who used to take you in his arms and kiss you and give you sweets was your father tonino and the language in which we spoke to each other was the beautiful sonorous german your father was a rich and influential merchant in augsburg his young and lovely wife died in giving birth to you then since he could not settle down in the place where his dearest lay buried he came hither to venice and brought me your nurse with him to take care of you that terrible night an awful fate overtook your father and also threatened you i succeeded in saving you a noble venetian adopted you i deprived of all means of support had to remain in venice end of part seven section three recording by expatriate in bangor maine